Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the Hoops Hype podcast. On today's episode, our Hoops Hype salary cap expert, Yossi Goslin, joins me for our weekly Wednesday podcast. We're going to break down the latest news on Kawhi Leonard's ACL injury, the trade talks surrounding Ben Simmons and Colin Sexton, and the free agencies of Nerlens Noel and Kelly Oubre as well, with some other topics sprinkled in. But Yossi, I think we got to start right off the bat with the news surrounding Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, following the Clippers' announcement that uh, he had surgery to repair a partially torn right ACL, you know, some wondered if that was the injury he sustained in the playoffs. Now we have clarity to that. Um, you know, Yossi, I, one of the first things I thought of immediately was well, is this going to affect his player option at all now heading into the offseason? It's a topic that we've touched on in the podcast. It's stuff that you've written about, I've written about. So, you know, in talking with people at, uh, around the league, I thought it was interesting. But one executive I spoke to um, following the announcement that Kawhi had the surgery to repair the partially torn ACL, that executive told me he thinks that no matter what, uh, Kawhi Leonard would opt out. Uh, especially given the fact that Kevin Durant got the max after he suffered a ruptured Achilles. Um, and that executive also noted that Kawhi is going to hit the 10-year mark for his years of service, which plays a role in upping his uh, max contract as well. So, I mean, Yossi, when when you heard the news, what, what was going through your mind when the announcement came? Oh, man, I, when it, when I heard it, I just thought, all right, well – they're probably going to have to tread somehow above mediocrity for next season. Uh, I was thinking, of course, that, okay, he's definitely not going to miss, he's definitely going to miss the beginning of the year. And then I saw some uh, Twitter doctors say, oh, he could probably miss more like nine months at least just to be safe. Maybe even the whole season. Uh, I don't, I can't imagine him missing the entire season of all of next season. But I remember before, like when the injury first happened and there was speculation that it was an ACL injury of some sort. And I was thinking, okay, well, if he actually tore his ACL, then he's definitely going to miss off next year. And then the Clippers could have like a reset year and they could uh, tank for a good pick and bottom out for a bit. And then I realized, Oh wait, no, they, they're, they have an unprotected pick to OKC part of the Paul George trade. So that's not going to happen now. So, uh, I, from what I've seen in the playoffs, I'm pretty confident that the Clippers are going to do pretty, we'll, we'll be fine next year. I think they should still make the playoffs, assuming everyone else is pretty healthy. And if they could get Kawhi back in the later part of next season, then they could have a shot. Um, Obviously, can't expect Kawhi to. It's going to be a lot to ask for him to come back at the end of, the, of this of next season, like towards the very end, and just come, get back to 
why. It's definitely a lot to ask for. So we'll see. Um, For the pick, I think that most likely this, instead of being a team that was going to be in like the top three in the West, something that pick could have fell in the 27 to 30 range. Now maybe 20 to 23 range. I'm guessing at worst. Um, and then, so yeah, they'll, they'll, they're going to remain competitive. Now, the other thing the Clippers could do is apply for a disabled player exception. Now, usually those get granted to teams when the player is, the NBA doctors rule out that the player, say that the player is going to be ruled out for the year. So it's possible, like they could have try anyways, uh, try to get that. DPE would be worth the uh, $9.5 million MLE. Uh, so that could be very, very useful for the Clippers next year if they're going to be missing Kawhi. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably learn more about that, but it's just something to keep in mind. And even if they do get granted uh, the DPE, Kawhi could still come back towards uh, when, if he becomes healthy. Um, uh, yeah, they don't have to, like, it's not the kind of thing where, okay, if they get granted it, that means he can't play at all. Like, it could, it, uh, you know, Dinwiddie got a, the Nets got a DP for Dinwiddie, and then he was almost, it sounded like he was about to come back. He probably would be playing in the finals right now if the Nets were still here. So, uh, it still might be a little too early for that, but that's just something to keep in mind for how, what the Clippers could do uh, to try to work around this. Well, then, at worst come to worst, you know, you're going to see Indiana Paul George back with him carrying that team, obviously with Kawhi Leonard out for a substantial amount of time. Uh, you know, they have to see what's going to happen, too, with some other guys like Serge Ibaka with his player option. Um, you know, for a guy that's had that's going to have back surgery, uh, one would think him opting in would make sense uh, given his condition. But uh, we'll see what that means for the future. you got Reggie Jackson's free agency coming up as well. Uh, you know, we touched on recently how uh, on the podcast, how Patrick Beverly would like to get an, a contract extension done with the Clippers. So all the you've got a lot of moving parts here as far as the disabled player exception. Certainly it would help ease the blow, but you can't replace a Kawhi Leonard, um, obviously, on your own just with that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. And I mean, you know, on one hand, you start off talking about Kawhi as a guy that goes down. And there's another guy that was in the news that instead of going down, uh, could be on the move. Philadelphia's Ben Simmons, uh, the all-star forward. Uh, you know, to me, it, the, the, the chatter right now has, has been interesting. So uh, my understanding is that talks for Simmons to this point, they haven't they're, – they're more – uh, just talk and teams expressing interest leading up to the draft. Now, certainly there's a high amount of interest in a guy that's been a an all-star for several seasons and an all-defensive player. Um, you know, Philly is in a win-now mode, and they're not trying to settle on anything or taking back future assets. You've got Embiid, who's in the prime of his career and an MVP candidate, um, and the time for them is now. And the rest of their supporting cast is – fitting well around Embiid that can shoot. So with that in mind, you know, Simmons, I've heard, has been in the gym working, and he does recognize that there's uh, a part of his game that he really needs to address with his shooting. Now, ultimately, we'll see if that amounts to anything by next season. 
you know, I, again, I don't even know if this guy needs to have like a three pointer, but like an elbow jumper, just something to 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 build off of. And obviously, his free throw shooting. But you know, again, regarding Simmons, it's still a couple of weeks away from the draft, so it's more teams checking in. Again, to my knowledge, uh, checking in and registering interest. Uh, not not really sure as much about offers being put on the board just yet. There's still a little bit of time for that, but all teams are in kind of information gathering mode right now to kind of get a sense of what his market could be and, and, and others as well before they make moves leading up to and during the NBA draft. Yeah, it's definitely still pretty early for any deeper uh, Simmons talks, like any before anything could get super serious, the, the finals are still going on. So we, we probably still have some time till uh, we start hearing something very substantial. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Ben Simmons, uh, you know, some overall, like what Philadelphia could look for and what some of the uh, offers are, would be out there if he becomes available. Uh, one of the things I said was that I think if you're Philadelphia, you need to get an all-star back for Simmons. There might not be one available this off season, but if you are going to move on from him, you need another all-star back to pair with Embiid to remain as competitive as possible. You know, build a. You need to keep your chances at winning a championship. Uh, and today we saw uh, there was a report by Sham Sharania uh, about getting into uh, some of Simmons' availability, and he explicitly also said that Philadelphia ideally wants an all-star caliber player. Uh, so I did release uh, an article today on Hoopsype. Uh, discussing the Ben Simmons trade market, just uh, what teams could be interested in him and uh, if there is an all-star available, who could they possibly be? And if there is no all-star, what else they could potentially get? Um, and I, I just reha- I did rehash a lot of the things that we discussed a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they, if they're going to have to just be patient, hopefully, I think the best case scenario is if a player like Damian Lillard asks for a trade, uh, maybe they can potentially try to get Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. Both players have a year left on their contract. So depending how those situations play out, maybe there's an opportunity there. Uh, otherwise, you can look like you can uh, work with a team like Minnesota, Sacramento, um, teams that would probably love to have Ben Simmons you're gonna get a bunch of assets a lot of picks some young players but that's not the return you're definitely looking for right now if you're Philadelphia yeah they're not they're not trying to do that to my understanding I mean they're the ideal they're the ideal third teams where uh, a team sends an all-star to Philadelphia and then they get all the assets from Philadelphia and this third team so that's, I think, the gist of the Simmons trade market now. Uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't be shocked if there is no Simmons trade if they can't get that all-star caliber player. Um, it feels like with the Sixers front office, they don't want to sell low on him. Um, and obviously there's a better chance that you know maybe he has a strong regular season. Somebody becomes a, an all-star becomes available later they can work something out maybe closer towards the trade deadline maybe even next year but um 
Yeah, if you just want to see what like they could generally get right now, definitely check out that article. It'll be interesting to see if you start seeing some of these tapes getting leaked. You know, I remember a couple of summers ago, I don't know if you remember this, but on Twitter, you know, there was some footage leaked of Ben Simmons hitting some step back jumpers and some three pointers yeah. and some pickup games and runs. So and it, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, I remember talking with his old high school coach, Kevin Boyle, and you know, Boyle always told me that like he could he could shoot the ball. It's, it's just a confidence thing. And it's like, well, I'm just wondering if we're going to start seeing some of that footage getting leaked soon and <laughs> maybe it uh, up the up the value or whatnot. But, yeah, I think ultimately, you know, they're not going to just move them to move them. It was one thing if they could have got James Harden. I mean, that was a different scenario. But, you know, with that said, I don't think they're looking to move off of him as much as maybe people think. And I, I get that other people want to drive the market down so that they don't have to give up as many assets to get Ben Simmons, but make no mistake, the Philadelphia 76ers are not just selling this guy. And, you know, I think his trade market, it it's interesting. Another guy that we got to touch on whose trade market is slowly starting to percolate a little bit here is Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you know, they've got to make some decisions with Colin because he's eligible for an extension. And they also have to pay Jared Allen, who's one of the top uh, free agents on the market and and a restricted free agent going into this summer um, for Cleveland. Now, uh, you know, to me, I don't necessarily get the the rumblings about Colin Sexton to the Knicks because to me, if you're the Knicks, just wait a year, offer him a a big contract, and you, you would have the cap space theoretically. You you can decide if you want to make a run at him later on, but um, I. I'm just not sure what type of assets they'd be willing to give. Now, you know, if you want to say maybe the draft picks in this year's class and they're not in love with some of those guys, uh, they have multiple first round picks. And, you know, I, I will say that I touched on this with our colleague Brian Kalbrowski on a Hoopside podcast that they are a team that I could see dangling those picks and um, among several teams in the league that have multiple picks where they could offload them. Um, you know, if you're getting a guy like Sexton, it'd be interesting to see. Um, he's got CAA ties, uh, which always matters with the Knicks, with Leon Rose, the former president of the CAA and now the president of the New York Knicks. Uh, so, I mean, it's something to look to. But as far as like on the court, I'm not sure how he would mesh with uh, like an R.J. Barrett or some of those guys. You know, it, it, to me, it would be interesting. And, and the other thing is like if – if you're getting the sense that Cleveland is trying to move this guy and not pay this guy, they've had him since day one. And I do know that they value his durability. But if they're not looking to pay him that much, that also should say something to you as well. Now, I know there's a lot of negotiations involved in that, but uh, it's just interesting. Like, I, I don't know, you know, where Cleveland feels with Colin Sexton they can go with that young core. Uh, they've got a high draft pick in this year's draft, which could also be factoring into things. So, uh, you know, they're certainly going to examine all their options. But, uh, you know, if it's an opportunity for the Knicks or another team, maybe to get Colin Sexton at a value where it's not as high as you would have thought before Cleveland got their pick in the draft after the lottery, then I think it's a different conversation. I'm not saying fully buy low, but on the lower end of the, the trade spectrum. So, for me, that's just something to look at there. But, you know, I, 
there are other directions I think the Knicks could go. Yeah, I think you made a lot of good points there, Mike. Uh, I yeah, I don't particularly get the six, the Sexton talk to the Knicks. Uh, I see that they're very uh, interested in him. From a cap space perspective, if you trade for a player like Colin Sexton with one year left on his deal, you're kind of putting yourself in a position to potentially pay him even more than if you were a free agent, you can make him an offer sheet. Um, so, and then you're also giving up assets for him. Uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, I see on Twitter, a lot of people proposing something like Toppin and Knox and a pick for Sexton. And that, that kind of, that kind of goes back to your point when you're saying that, you know, there might be some buying low, uh, being associated right now with the Sexton rumors. And that's kind of, I'm starting to, I'm starting to, to feel that because, Colin Sexton's been one of the hotter names on the trade market, like in the trade rumors, like his name's coming up like every day. And I, that's something I did not expect for, for that to happen. I see a lot of people, just a lot of rumors saying, yeah, he's, he's available. He can be had, which kind of makes me think that all these teams that are being linked to him, it might not be so much that, Hey, we think Sexton is this guy that can be like a tremendous difference maker. I think he could be, but I think a lot of these teams might be also just trying to buy low because he's apparently so available. And if you're Cleveland, I, I don't like the idea that you're trading him potentially just to curb future spending. He's up for an extension and he's going to make a lot of money and the Cavs they're everything's going to start adding up soon. Uh, Jared Allen's up for a new contract. Uh, Sexton's up for an extension. Eventually, Garland will be up for one. Uh, even once Kevin Love and Torian Prince's money come off the book, they're not. They're going to be capped out. So, and pretty close to the tax. So, I don't. I don't know how I feel about them trading Sexton, especially if he ends up being the best player in a trade. Uh, if he's the best player in the trade that they trade him. Uh, that, I think that could backfire, oh, kind of like how the Kevin Porter Jr. trade is already kind of backfiring on them. I've, I just kind of have this feeling that if they're not getting the best player in this trade, I don't know why you trade them. And there's the notion that maybe they would package Sexton as part of a deal to get off Love's contract. But then what are you getting back for Sexton in that deal? Like, I don't think you're going to get much for him. If, you're, if another team's taking back Love's two years, 60 million. Uh, it just doesn't seem like the Cavs are going to be getting that much back for him. I think I'd rather have Sexton going forward. Like, you know, if you can get him back on a, something reasonable, I would definitely do it. Even if it's a slight overpay, I'm not crazy about him, but I could see him being the type of player that if they move off him, it could really backfire. I'm not seeing Sexton as a guy that's able to, you can just have him as the asset and then get off Kevin Love. I don't see that. And, you know, Yossi, I wrote about this a, a while ago on, on Hoopsite, but it, it's worth mentioning about, you know, kind of the art of the smokescreen where either teams will leak info or an agent, somebody will like leak info to maybe drive up a market. And I think, I think that's something to keep an eye on for guys like Sexton and Simmons and any guys to trade candidates. So, um, you know, that's something to, Keep an eye out on Hoopsype as well. You know, Google it, Art of the Smokescreen Hoopsype. Wrote about it 
I think you find it a good read. But, you know, we were touching on, uh, you know, obviously to talk about him going to the Knicks. And to me, uh, you know, instead of trading for Sexton and having to pay him, the Knicks, in, in my opinion, you know, they could go in another direction. They could look at a guy, for example, like Kelly Oubre as a two-way type of player who's entering his prime at 25. And you could pair him with R.J. Barrett on the wing and the rest of New York's young core. You know, I think it would be interesting to see what Tom Thibodeau could do with an athletic defender like Oubre if such a pairing like that uh, theoretically came to fruition. Now, uh, you know, I bring up Oubre and, you know, another thing I would say, too, is that, you know, if the Warriors uh, are able to move Andrew Wiggins, their draft picks in the first round this year and James Wiseman in a package for a star or, or an upgrade of whatever sort. You know, Golden State could theoretically go over the cap to keep Oubre. Um, if not, they could obviously work out a sign and trade with him. But regarding Oubre, ideally, he doesn't want to come off the bench and he wants to be on a team where he can showcase his all-around game with a winning culture. Uh, he's going to be an interesting free agent that is entering the prime of his career to keep an eye on, uh, and especially in a league that is, you know, looking at guys on the wing just as much as, uh, you know, guards now in, in free agency. Yeah, I agree with you there as far as the Warriors' position with Ubre. I think resigning him makes the most sense if Wiggins is traded and they didn't replace him with another wing type player. Um, but the I think in the end, it'll most likely be that either he walks or he is signed and traded. Even even if they were unless they could clear a lot of money, because I just started looking into their expenses, their like the payroll next year. It's like disgusting how much money they already have committed. Uh, like with their two draft picks included on top of this roster, they already have a hundred sixty three million luxury tax bill, which is almost three hundred forty million in payroll and luxury tax. That's just like the team right now with with uh, 14 guys. If you are going to re-sign Ubre on top of this team, let's say he gets like, I don't know, $15 million starting salary. That's like another $100 million in luxury tax payments right there, which is – it's insane right now. I don't – I'm very interested to see if the Warriors are really going to keep this level of uh, of expenses right now. But to me, it feels like – Unless they have, uh, yeah, they, unless they get off Wiggins and save a lot of money in the process, that's probably the only pathway where Ubre might come back. I, I do really like Ubre on the Knicks, so uh, from all the cap space teams available, definitely makes the most sense. They can give them something where maybe gets like a big short term offer because the Knicks might still want to roll over their cap space to 2022. Uh, could even start for them. They need some. They really need some more offense after they uh, just couldn't really get much buckets in the series versus the Hawks. So that that fit makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the other thing was, you know, we're talking about uh, Kelly Oubre as a potential fit for the Knicks, but you know, one of the their own free agents that's going to be worth monitoring is Nerlens Noel, who had an outstanding year defensively. Uh, for the Knicks, a guy that uh, Nerlens was one of, I think he, no, he was the only player to average two blocks and a steal 
uh, per game last season, a guy that was second in defensive rating. Uh, a couple of teams have Nerlens Noel on their free agency radar. Uh, you know, among those teams, the Sacramento Kings and the Toronto Raptors, I'm told. You know, regarding Sacramento, it depends on what happens with their own free agent center, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, we've uh, done a podcast with him and talked about, you know, what he's looking for in free agency. So definitely give that a listen. And, uh, you know, the Knicks also remain interested in potentially re-signing Noel uh, as a guy who was pretty instrumental in their defensive ranking as a team uh, during the season. Uh, you know, it seemed certainly like a match made in heaven with Coach Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, Nerlens, he should have a ton of suitors. In my opinion, could be the most sought-after backup center in free agency. Uh, another team I like to throw out there, the Suns. I really like the idea of them pursuing him. They'll have their MLE. They need a backup big man pretty badly, and I think that's showing right now with all their uh, with their lack of center in the in, in the injury to Saric. Uh, the the best thing for Noel, I think he's played himself into getting a new long-term deal, which I would imagine he is going to prioritize after going three straight years on one-year deals. So that I might be the one of the bigger uh, roadblocks for the Knicks to confront when it comes to resigning him because, like I just said, they could be looking to roll over their cap space again the 2022 if they don't get an all-star if they don't trade for one. So maybe they decide, well, they want to give Noel like a big one-year deal, maybe double a salary, something like that. Uh, but if you're Noel, I think there's going to be several teams potentially offering like maybe three or four-year deals. Um, I, if After going three years in a row in free agency, I would imagine he wants that long-term security. So we'll see if that's out there and if the Knicks are willing to match that. Yeah. I mean, Nerlens was a guy that I think he made around 5 million last year. You know, if he could potentially double his salary, it's definitely something I think he's earned uh, as a player. And, you know, a lot of dominoes that we've talked about with Nerlens' free agency and, you know, the Knicks got to figure out what they're going to do with Mitchell Robinson as well with future implications, whether they pick up his option or try to negotiate an extension uh, restricted free agency for him. All these things they've got to figure out. You've got Kelly Oubre's free agency, the trade market with Ben Simmons, Colin Sexton, uh, you know Kawhi Leonard's free agency futures. I mean, you know, see, it's it's, it's still two weeks away from the draft and uh, coming up on Ben uh, free agency, but you know it's it's starting to percolate, my friend. So get excited for it. I know I am. Uh, I, I'm definitely feeling it. A lot of. Uh, trade hypothetical speculation starting to dominate these NBA final off days. So I could feel it on the horizon. We're getting there. Absolutely. And, you know, on behalf of my colleague Yossi, I want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode of the Hoopside Podcast. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside Podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up with my tweets on Twitter, at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Yossi, too. He's at Yossi Goslin, Y-O-S-S-I-G-O-Z-L-A-N. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best.
just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.